welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Hey, hey, hey! Good morning! Good morning, KC! So good to be here. Bon dia! I know we have uh, some Brazilians in the house. I just heard there's a new Brazilian from Alberta here, so welcome, bem-vindo. And also we have another Brazilian here, so I'm happy that we have some uh, Brazilian family. Yeah, right there. Um, Guys, it's it's exciting to be back here. I was looking back, actually, at our YouTube channel to check the last time I spoke, actually, and it was November 2019. So it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time, but I'm excited. I'm excited to, to be here and to share with you guys. Uh, super, uh, I feel like more than ever, this is the right time. We have been on this, we are, we are not calling a message series. We're, it's more like a theme around the kingdom of God. And this just hits home to my heart. And I want to be sharing with you today around the kingdom of God. We continue on this theme and I believe God's going to speak to you this morning. And I'm really excited to what he will do this morning. One of the things that I've loved that Pastor Sean has actually been sharing, one of the, he has two verses that have been, I've been meditating on them every single week. One of them is in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And this, and he even mentioned that today, so this is the walk in the kingdom of God. It has nothing to do with like, us seeing like, the circumstances that is around us. It's seeing beyond. It's seeing with the eyes of our hearts. It's asking God to touch the eyes of our hearts. And this is what I'm believing today, that God will touch the eyes of your heart this morning. And another verse that he read last week is actually in first Ephesians uh, 1.18. There's actually a prayer from Paul to the church that says, I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened. So that you will know what's the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And I just believe that God will touch our hearts this morning. So before we start, before we even continue on, I just want to invite you to close your eyes and put your hands on your hearts. And I want to pray for you. Jesus, thank you for your kingdom, Father. Thank you for this reality that we declare this morning. Your kingdom come, your will be done, Father. I pray that you open the eyes of everyone's heart here, that you enlighten them, Father, that you bring a fresh hope, that you bring this morning the reality of your kingdom that is joy, that is peace, that is righteousness over every single heart. Father, open our eyes, Father. Let us take action in the kingdom. Let us conquer territory in the kingdom this morning, Father. So I pray that you speak to us, Father, that you dig deep in our hearts, Father, that you expose things, Father, that you want to be touching in this season in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen? As I was uh, saying, I really, as I was praying for this morning, really felt that God is touching our spiritual eyesight this morning. Like, he's really touching our hearts. He's touching our sights. 
And I want to be able to share with you guys something, like Pastor Sean said, that had happened three months ago. Actually, this week marks uh, three months since it happened. And, but before I do so, I want to take you a little, um, almost a month back, near to our House of Hearts offering, where we had a House of Hearts offering, if you're new to this house, is our uh, big year-end sacrificial offering that we partner our faith to our giving, believing for the things in the following year. And something that I love about, it's actually my favorite season every year, is actually the moments that I have with my wife, that we are praying together, that we are believing and seeking God what, like we're asking God, what do you want us to believe for the following year? And especially last year, this was around like the 10th, 12th of uh, December, something that God put in my heart is that he started to put like a holy insatisfaction in a sense that it's time to shift. It's time that I want to do things in your heart. It's time for you to see some promises that I have for you in store for you come to pass in this next season. And something that really came into uh, my heart, it was like that, whoa, it's like I got like a, an energy saying, hey, this is the year. This is how I was like hoping and walking into 2022 as we were giving us, believing for this is the year of redemption. This is the year of restoration. This is the year that you're going to shift things. And we were believing for a house, for, for a building, and many other things along that. And then a few weeks after, also God, we felt like God was challenging us to take not only the, the action step of the believing with our offering, but also some other sacrificial giving in that season. And... For those of you that don't know me personally, uh, we have, uh, by then, my wife was also pregnant, and we were expecting our second son, my oldest son, Ethan, uh, was already born, he's two and a half years old, and we were expecting our second son, Jonathan, that was going to be born a little after uh, Christmas, so we had the induction process booked in for December 29th, so it was an exciting season for us, we had our hearts so pumped, say, this is the season, it's a new time, our family is growing, we're expanding, think God is shifting, you know, like when, when you go from one child to another, like for the parents in the room, it's, it's a different season for you. Yeah. So uh, we had this high hopes, and December 28th came around, and my wife went to the midwife clinic, and once she got there, the midwife was going to run an exam just before she began the induction process. And the midwife couldn't locate the heartbeat of our baby. And my wife called me. I was with, at my house with our oldest son. Said, we got to rush to the hospital. We got to go. We got to go. Like she said, like, we'll, I'll meet you guys there. Like, we'll, we'll go for exams. And it was as like that moment, everything stopped. I said to God, this can't be happening right now. No. I went into a moment of unbelief, but I said to my wife, we're going to drive to the hospital. We're going to declare until the very last second. Life, resurrection, God come and make your way in this situation. I remember the ride until this day that we were driving desperate, just like crying out. I had my hands over her, and we were declaring a miracle of God, and we got to that hospital, and unfortunately, the ultrasound confirmed that Jonathan had been, went to be with Jesus earlier, 
than we expected. And that was the longest night of my life, of our lives. And I remember it was just so intense. We were uh, crying all nights, and one of the things that came into our hearts that night through the whole process is a cry, and I think it's a question that came to my heart, came to my wife's heart, came to our family. Is where is Jesus in this situation? Where is our king? Where is our king? So today I want to speak to you guys. In this kingdom thing. To where is our king and finding him. In unexpected places. And learning to see where he is. And before I continue with my story, it's actually going to give me a good pause to recompose. I want to read a, a scripture to you out of 1 Corinthians 18, verse 18, verses 22 to 25. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For the Jews requested a sign and seek, uh, Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greek foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. If you want to understand and if you want to walk in the kingdom of God and really walk in a revelation and how to bring the kingdom of God, you have to understand that the kingdom of God it's not according to our logic. It doesn't go the same way. Things in the kingdom sometimes are backwards, sometimes are upside down. You have to do something that doesn't make sense. And for the Jews and the Greeks that we see here in this passage, this was a big stumbling block to them because according to their logic, this messed up because the Jews were expecting a sign that the Savior was going to come, that the Messiah was coming, the King was coming. And what was their mindset? What was in their expectation? It was to see Jesus, like maybe David, that won every single battle. Like David that came and defeated giants, that defeated, and he was, had in his moments of glory, the battles that he won. But they couldn't see that Jesus' actually greatest moment of glory, it was at the cross. So for them, it didn't make sense. So that's why it's for, for them, they were asking for a sign, but it was actually a stumbling block. And for the Greeks, this was foolishness. Because of their philosophies, like they looked at the story of the cross, and they were mocking, they were laughing at it. Because it didn't make sense. So Jesus came to mess up the way that we think. And my prayer for us this morning is actually that Jesus changes the way, that he renews our mind. He renews the ways that we see things in the kingdom of God. That we, so that we can actually experience Christ, the power of God, and Christ, the wisdom of God. So I want to take you into a little bit of like this journey here with you guys and shifting perspective. And one of the things that I was thinking is, what's today's 
what is the greatest world problem right now? And let me tell you, the world's greatest problem right now is not the war. The world's greatest problem is not gas prices, it's not COVID, it's not hunger. The world's biggest problem is spiritual emptiness. Because we can go all our lives, we can pursue everything, we can try, you can have your, your hobbies, you can look for relationships, you can look for, for the perfect job, but if you don't have Jesus as the center, as the king, as the power of, your, of God in your life, and as the wisdom of God in your life, you're empty. Your life is meaningless. So we have to come and approach and find where is Jesus. And this situation with Jonathan actually showed me that. How much time, one of the things that I was challenged the most is how much, so many times we are wasting our times. One of the things that helped us the most was actually to be able to, and I just want to champion my wife for being such a hero in this, this situation because having to give birth to a situation that you know that the doctors are saying there's no hope, it's not easy. Having to go through the labor pains, knowing that you won't get to experience life with your son, it's no easy. And I remember that we actually got to spend four hours with Jonathan right after. And in those moments, I wasn't looking on my phone, I wasn't on social media, I wasn't interested on the next Netflix series. So life in the kingdom is about finding that connection. It really is valuable to the king. And it's not about wasting time with so many things that occupy our weeks so many times. So I really want to encourage us to find where is our king. And I want to bring today three different places, unexpected places, unexpected situations where we can find Jesus. Number one is, Jesus is with you in your pain. And this has been our journey since the beginning of the year. And let me acknowledge something here. I'm not saying that my pain, the pain that we experience, is bigger than your pain. Everybody here experiences pain, pain differently. Everybody here has a different story. I don't know everybody's story. But I know that Jesus is there and he wants to meet you in your pain. He wants you, you to find him in that moment. And uh, I've been writing a lot in this season, too. Like, I, my notes on my, my iPhone has been my best friend. Because sometimes I, I write thoughts, and in this process of prepping this message, I feel like this message is not fully ready in my heart, if I were to be honest with you guys. Because we're still processing a lot of this stuff. But I've been... Uh, writing some thoughts in, in, my, in my notes on my, uh, my phone, and I want to share some of them with you guys. One of the things that Jesus actually spoke to me in one of our experiences here at Overflow is that when your pain is big, his peace is bigger. When your pain is big, his peace is bigger. And God started to take me back to the hospital to see and to actually encounter where Jesus was. And I can tell you guys that Jesus was at that hospital that night because we broke COVID protocol. We had three of our family in there. Like in, for, for the new parents, you know that you're only allowed to have one person with you in the room. So we broke COVID protocol because Jesus was ahead of this whole situation. It was like Jesus, at the same time that we were experiencing pain, he was protecting us because it felt like, that night, and you guys know hospitals are busy, it was just us. 
We couldn't hear anybody else. So, like, there was a protection. Our midwife has been so touched, so impacted throughout this whole process. She was so impacted at the funeral. She has received, we know, that a seed of Jesus has been planted to her heart. Another way that I've been seeing Jesus in this process is actually for you guys. For the love that you guys have been showing to our families in the last season. Guys, we, I was chatting with my wife this week. Like, If we go back and we count how many things we saw, the church, kingdom culture, people in this, this, this whole home church, like meals that you guys drop, love offerings, people going and searching for acai, which is like a, a Brazilian berry that we like and dropping at our door. People that didn't even have to say that they were dropping something, but we saw them from the window just pour, pouring salt in our driveway just to make sure that, uh, like, we were covered. And, like, in so many ways, in every single prayer, because also prayer, like, made a huge difference in this season for our life. We really felt lifted. There were moments that, uh, chatting with my wife, say, we cannot understand the peace that we're feeling right now. It doesn't make sense. And that's the peace of God. It doesn't make sense. And it's because of you guys, the impact that you have, your generosity. And it goes a long way because I was chatting with, with my stepdad. And he, not my stepdad, sorry, not my, my father-in-law. And he was so impacted. He said, I've been in churches all my life, but i never seen a church like Kingdom Culture. i never seen a community like this. What you guys have is special. So I can only tell, guys, that this is Jesus. This is Jesus in that in the midst of that pain. And something else that sometimes we take for granted is that in that moment of pain, Jesus did not lose control over our lives. So in the moments of your greatest pain, I don't know your history. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you were abused when you were younger. If you, your parents went through a divorce, whatever pain you experienced, Jesus did not lose control over your life. And I want to encourage you that if you ask him to take back to those moments of greatest pains in your life, he will show himself real to you. He will show that he was there beside you, crying with you, holding your hands. That's the Jesus that we serve. And I remember one of the questions that I asked God in the midst of this process, other than where are you, is... I actually had the biggest prayer answer and like the fastest prayer answer I had in my life in one of the questions that I asked God. I said, God, you don't understand what I'm going through. And God, in that very moment, and as we're approaching history, he said, like I do, I gave my son to die for you. I gave my son to suffer for you. So I do understand what you're going through. And I felt his embrace, his love in that moment, because he does. Yes, Jesus suffered every single pain. We can find healing because Jesus suffered in the cross every single pain. But the pain of losing your son, a pain of being disconnected with your son, that's the pain that God suffered. Seeing his son suffer, he went even beyond. So God, after he answered me that question, he led me from a place of simply pain and he showed me, actually, after pain comes something else, which is my second point, is that Jesus is with you 
in your process. So from pain, you get to walk into a process. And what does that process look like for you? That's my question. I don't know for you, but for our family, it has been a lot with understanding that everybody experiences pains differently. I can be at one place, my wife can be at another, my mom can be at another, my, my, my father-in-law. So it's respecting and honoring the ones around. It's giving them the grace, giving them the embrace that they need, allowing them to process what they feel. Something else that God said to us is that healing is a process. Don't rush it. Embrace it. We live in such a society that things have to be fast. Things have to be for the next day. We are in a rush. But God said, no, 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 no. Process everything. And this has been my season. I don't want to waste any opportunity that I have to process everything. I don't want a speedy healing. I don't want like, a, in that sense, no, I want God to dig deep in my heart and bring healing. Another thing that he spoke to me is that finding and digging the roots of your pains prepares your hearts to heal. It actually prepares, it allows the soil of your heart to actually experience the healing that he has for you. And your process will bring you to enjoy and to value the promises of, your, of God for your life. So you cannot quit the process. You cannot quit the process. It's so important. And one thing that in this journey we have been learning is that on pain is that so many people that go through the situation that we went end up with a divorce. Actually, my wife chatting with her therapist, was, she was saying that a lot of the people that I talked to that experienced what you guys just been through, just it, they couldn't hold the marriage. They broke up. And this is the grace. This is the touch of Jesus. Because I can tell that our marriage is stronger than ever. That brought, God brought us closer in this season. That brought it, God is still bringing us through this process of healing. And process, guys, is so important. And you cannot understand, you cannot leave the kingdom of God, experience the kingdom of God if you don't understand the process. And let me ask you something. What was Jesus' first miracle? Water to wine. In that moment of turn, turning water into wine, I love something that happens at that place. Water, of course, like wine runs out in the party, in the celebration, in the wedding. And Jesus asked the servants to come and grab huge barrels of water. And at the moments that they would place those barrels, water would be transformed, wine would, like water would be transformed into wine. So everybody in that party got to experience the fruit of a miracle. But actually, those servants actually enjoyed the whole process of a miracle. They've been through the everything. So they understand and they got a new level of revelation. So you, if, you, if you are involved in the process, you come from just someone that simply benefits from the miracle to someone that actually has the consciousness of a miracle of God. And God brought me to Psalm 103 verse 7 that says he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Everybody that is willing to open their eyes can see someone's good work. Like I can see, come here in the morning if you watch, you're going to see the logistics team putting out the chairs, the sound people setting up sound. You can see things from far. 
You can see someone's uh, deeds. But to know someone char someone's character, you've got to walk close to them. And I love this verse because it's an invitation that he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And I believe that God in the kingdom wants to reveal his character to you. But that cannot come from just watching from far. It has to come from experience. It has to come through uh, something. And a quote that I heard that I've actually been thinking this whole week is, a man with experience will go farther than a man with information. A man with experience will go further than a man with information. We can spend our time reading all the books that we want, but like unless you experience, unless you're exposing yourself to experience what God has for you, you're not going too far. It's about putting in action those things that God puts in your hearts. So some people know the works of God, but others know his ways. And I believe this church is called to be a church that knows the ways of God. Last week, uh, one thing that I love, like how many of you were here last Sunday in person? Wasn't it awesome? I felt the presence of God so strong here. And Pastor Sean actually modeled to us what perseverance and humility looks like. He said that to walk in the kingdom, we need this. We need to be able to surrender. When some things don't make sense, you got to lower yourself. And actually, that reminded me of uh, one of my favorite quotes that a friend of mine uh, from Brasilia, and Renata knows him, Pastor Gustavo, he says something. He's an amazing guy. And I will illustrate to you guys. Nothing can take down a prostrated man. There is nothing that can take you down. And that's what walking in the kingdom looks like. It's about lowering yourself. And this has been our journey, guys. When things don't make sense, lower yourself. You don't have to understand everything in the kingdom. You don't have to understand everything. Sometimes you just need to, to surrender. You're not called to understand everything. The way of understanding is always inferior to the way of trust and surrender. It's always. And... This process looks like to us also as giving. And I wanna, another thing that I wrote down is that it's not about how much I have of Holy Spirit. It's how much Holy Spirit has of me. It's not about filling a tank. It's about giving yourself in this whole process, in this whole journey. And, and something that when we named our children, when we named Ethan and when we named Jonathan, we always took a little longer. Like our family was pressuring, oh, what's, what's your child? What's your son going to be called? I said, wait, we're going to like seek the presence of God and we're going to get a name that God wants to name because we believe that the, his name has fully, is fully connected to the destiny of God in his life. So our son, first son, Ethan, means strength. And he has been your strength in this season. He has been one that we have, when we're not feeling like we have to express joy, we still have to be joyful with him. And Jonathan means a gift of God. God has given. And this process, this whole process for us, it's understanding giving Jonathan back to God. A friend of mine told some men were meant for heaven. And Jonathan was one of them. 
He's a seed, our seed, our offering, our everything that went to the heart of the Father. But in all that, we actually, I got to experience some thankfulness that he didn't have to experience the pain that we go through in the world. He didn't have to go through the suffering. The placenta reports came showing that he didn't feel any pain in this whole process. So God brought us comfort saying that he went and we got the privilege of holding him for nine months, for fighting this battle with him for nine months, for experiencing ultrasounds more than we had with Ethan because we had almost one every month and like near the end we had one every week. So we, we were privileged enough to experience our son. So God showed me that this was really Jonathan's purpose. Of course, it's hard for us. Like, we would love to have him. I picture so many times, like, my son, like, my Ethan loves to play with dinosaurs, so I had so many pictures of them actually playing together, but playing soccer together. Um, but it's understanding that his purpose was accomplished. We fight for our purpose. Like, don't we? Like, don't we fight for our purpose to be accomplished? Don't we want our life to, like, we don't want our lives to be meaningless. And Jonathan got from the get-go to accomplish his purpose. And the last point that I want to share with you guys is actually from pain, we can't come into this process so that we can understand that Jesus is at the center of our purpose and our promise. Because it's so, so many times it's easy when you get to that place, when you get to the place of your promise, to forget who's in the center. And, and if you want to reach that place, actually, you got to see Jesus in that process. you got to know that he will be in the center. And without an encounter with him, without an experience, a real experience with him, you will never step into point number three for your life. You cannot live your life depending upon, like, other people's relationship with God. No, no, you cannot, like, depend on, on Pastor Sean here bringing a word in Revelation. No, you got to seek it for yourself. Your experience, your history with God, you are responsible to write it. So, and some things in this process that I understood is that finding Jesus in our process is understanding that Jesus is the door because he says I'm the door, but I'm also the way. He's the door of salvation in our lives. We have enough faith to come and make a decision here and say, I accept Jesus into my hearts. But what happens after is what we build in the kingdom, is walking in his ways. Otherwise, it would be a very simple job for the church. We only needed two ministers in the church, a minister of evangelism and a minister of assassins. You got saved, you're boom, you're good, you're dead, you're going to have it. This is not what God meant you for. No. There's a way. There's so much more. Actually, just the, Jesus is the door, but he's the entryway for so much more that you can experience in the kingdom. You are called to bring heaven now to earth. You are called to bring your, his kingdom to earth. And I, God took me back to the history, and I won't go deep and read those passages to you, but he brought me back to understanding two Things, two challenges that his people faced in when they were leaving Egypt after captivity, the, uh, is, the Israelites, what they were facing. And they got into first the Red Sea. And they had a Red Sea moment, a Red Sea experience. 
And what that experience was has a lot to do with Jesus being the door and being the way. Moses' rod represented like salvation to the people. As the rod touched the waters, the waters parted. And then they went into a journey of walking 40 years in the desert in circles and until they reached promised land. And to step into the promised land, what was the, the key to step into the promised land? It wasn't Moses' rod anymore. They had to build something. So they built an ark, the ark of the presence, and they had to carry that, the presence on their shoulders. So your journey in the kingdom, yes, you come from salvation and have enough faith, but you're building something. And how did they build the ark? With the gold that they got from Egypt. And during that time, they built two things with the gold that they got from Egypt. A golden calf, when Moses was in the mount, that represented everything that we can do in our own hands. Is, this is our ego. This is what we can do. This is we worship ourselves. Or the presence of God. That actually once they stepped foot in the presence of God, the Jordan River opened and they walked into promised lands. And the gold is what we have. The gold talks about our resources, our talents, everything that God placed in our hands. And let me tell you, we are not called to stay the same way. It's so sad, guys. I've been to so many churches pretty much everywhere. Uh, in Brazil, China, Japan, uh, here in Canada, the U.S., so many parts of the U.S. It's sad that when you walk in and you see the same people sitting at their seats for 5, 10, 15 years without doing anything. They're just going from conference to conference, from service to service, from experience to experience, and nothing is happening in their life. And God is actually calling us for a life that walking in the kingdom is always looks like movement. It always looks like action. It's look, and, and I love what Pastor Sean was actually sharing before. And I want to ask you, like, I'm going to be real with you. What is your excuse for not serving? This church, Kingdom Culture, is called to be a church that advances the kingdom. We carry that in our name. So there's no hiding. There's no going anywhere. We are called to advance. We don't have a regular membership process. I've been to churches where there's a membership process. You have to go to a membership class. No, our process looks like if you're financially bought in, if you're uh, connected to team, you're part of this church. So I want to invite you to really something that my pastor from Brazil used to tell me, Pastor, Sean, uh, pastor Teofilo, is he used to say something every time to me. Sometimes the, the most spiritual thing that you can do in your life is grab that broom and just clean that, that, that bathroom. Sometimes the, we wait for something spiritual, for, to have a moment with God. But when the easiest, like the next step that God is asking for us is that, will you serve me? Would you step out? Will you go, go to the connect, get connected kiosk at the end of the experience and say, hey, I want to be one of the 19 people involved with kids. I want to be one of the 15 people involved in logistics. It's that simple. That process can start to you with one decision like that. It doesn't need to be a big spiritual decision. It can be something so small, so simple, and I can guarantee that you will see the purpose and the promises of God in your life flourish. Do you know why? Because everything in the hands of God is transformed. Everything. And when you say yes to step into his kingdom, when things are not perfect, when we don't have the ideal team, the ideal scenario, the ideal venue, the ideal place, the consistency that we will love, is just saying, hey, Jesus, I welcome you into my process. And I know that maybe, maybe the team, you can say, oh, it's not connected to my destiny, to my purpose, to my, my calling. 
walk into that and see what God do, will do. We have, like, I, I can tell because I know a lot of our people here, we have people that simply by saying yes to team got their marriages restored. Because everything in the, light, uh, the hands of God is transformed. Water turns into wine. And this is what miracles are meant for. It's for situations where there is no more way. So you can come up with any excuses that you can have. Oh, I'm in pain. No, try to walk and see if Jesus wouldn't walk with you. If it, he would not reveal yourself to you in this, in this season. So one thing that I want to tell. Who here has a purpose and promise of God for your life? That's you. Everybody here, if you, even if you, don't, if you didn't raise your hands. Everybody. I'm, I'm speaking on your behalf because I believe that God has a purpose and a, a promise for your life. But let me tell you, promised land won't look like this picture here. It's not a welcome to Disney World sign. Especially now. <laughs> Promised land looks more like this, and Pastor Sean will like it. <laughs> it looks like giants. It's about what you see through those giants. The promises that God has for you will have giants in your way. You will have challenges. It's not always going to be easy. But let me tell you, history is kind to those that believe and push through giants. Moses sent 12 people to the promised land. Who remembers the name of the 10 people that came out with a bad report? No one remembers. But people remember the names of Joshua and Caleb, the ones that came in with a good report. In a very emotional moment, Pastor Sean also last week asked a question, what will his kids remember him for? And I have been actually asking myself this week, what will people remember me for? What will my family remember me for? What will my kids remember me for? What will my wife remember me for? And I want to read to you 2 Timothy 4, 7 that says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This is what we're called for. It's keeping our faith when things don't make sense, guys. When, when life hits you hard. When you feel knocked down, it's remember, if you're knocked down, you're in a good place. That you can trust God and nothing else can take you down. <sighs> to finish off, I want to give one last illustration. You guys know, know that I love illustrations. It has been a long time since I've done one. So here's $50. How many of you want this $50? Eh? Yeah? Now let me ask you this. How many of you want this $50? Now, how many of you want the $50? No matter what life does to you, nothing can take away your value. Life may hit you hard. But you've got to remember that God created you for a purpose. And nothing is robbing your value. What I can tell in this process is that Jesus loves you so much more than what you think. I want you to close your eyes right now.
I want you to remember with your eyes closed that it's not what happens to you. It's about who, you're, who are you with. And I believe this morning Jesus once is already speaking to you. Maybe this is your first time here. Maybe you never met me before. You don't know who the guy with the funny accent is. Jesus wants to have an encounter with you this morning. And maybe some of you here have been far from him. That today is a day, maybe you said yes in the past, but you've been so far that you don't even remember what walking with Jesus looks like. Or maybe you're here and never got the opportunity to say yes and to walk into that door of salvation. If that's you with all, all eyes closed, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Jesus sees your hand. I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me, saying, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give control over every single situation. I acknowledge that you are the door to salvation. And you are the way. I say yes to you. I welcome you in my pain, in my process, and I say yes to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to invite everybody to stand up. As we'll continue these moments of worship, I believe that Right now, we are living in a generation that loves Instagram, loves TikTok. And we've been for so long editing our photos. We are, like, choosing the best picture to post. But we are hiding the moments of our pain. And God today wants you to fully experience him. And saying, hey, you don't have to trash that picture. But because in the midst of that moment, I was there with you. I am here with you. And I want to believe that Jesus is inviting you to experience him in a new way this morning. So we will worship together. We just begin to welcome. This is about you pursuing your experience with Jesus. It's about you saying, yes, Jesus, come and touch me. It's about your heart responding and saying, Jesus, I want to walk in the kingdom. I want to know what kingdom looks like. I want to experience the real you. In Jesus' name.